we hit this field and we start galloping. And my one friend that was in front, she was always in front. She had this little Appaloosa horse and he was fast as a devil. And she had a pair of boots on him. They used to come off all the time. Or worse than come off, the horses could step on them. They could st- oh, they could yeah. catch the back of them. Yeah. And that's what happened here is this horse stepped on the back of his boot and he went down. <gasps> oh, no. And he's in the front of, there's five of us racing. He's in the front. Oh. He goes down. Oh, no. The horse directly behind him leaps, but leaps in a way that his rider comes off. He, oh, he like no. went about half down. Like the horse in front almost did a somersault. Oh, that's scary. Jump in with both feet. Go big. Follow your dreams. Grab life by the reins. This is how we live. We're Callie King and Andrea Wadey, two horse trainers always looking for adventure and finding it. Join us for stories of dangerous travels, wild animals, new challenges, and in the end, always learning alongside our magnificent horses. So saddle up and follow along. You're listening to Grab Life by the Reins. thing you've ever done on a horse? Well, <laughs> depends on how you define crazy. I've done some really stupid things. <laughs> I've done some really big risk-taking things. I've done some big adventures. I think the craziest thing I remember, so when I was a teenager, I had a group of friends that I rode with and we were hooligans on horses. Yeah. I mean, we didn't even know what walking was. I love that description. We would just get on and take off at a gallop. We did use our horses like hairy bicycles when we were kids or hairy motorbikes, I think. Yeah. Yeah. There, There's times that I look back and I think, oh man, I've made some really big mistakes yeah. and I need to ap- apologize. And I do apologize. Me too. Inwardly to those horses. But it was fun, wasn't it? <laughs> and there were times where I know those horses were having a lot of fun too. A lot of fun because to be honest, they were, they were the ones in control. We weren't. <laughs> no. So the story that I'm going to tell now, it, it wasn't one that was the best for the horses. It could have been real bad for the horses involved. It could have been real bad for us involved. But, you know, in the end, everyone was safe. So I was with a group of five of us riding. We were all on horse 4-H together. And we had trailered our horses to a nearby park. We might need to describe what Horse 4-H is. It's a little bit like Pony Club in England, kind of, sort of, but more for agricultural kids. Would that be right? Yeah, it's more, it's like a casual pony club. And then you also like raise a pig or a cow or something, right? 4-H is an organization here in the US for youth that there's everything from horses to pigs to sewing, but each club has its focus. Wait, how did we go from pigs to sewing? What, sewing as in like stitching clothes? Yeah. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, but they're not all together. Like if you want to be in... (laughs) You're not sat with your pig making a t-shirt or a skirt or something. Well, you could if you want. But no, they're separate clubs. We were in a horse club. Okay, so just for everyone in Europe, 4-H is a bit weird. Anyway... (laughs) As you were. We are in America. Yeah. So 
So we had all gone out for a day of trail ride. And basically what our trail rides looked like is we would gallop until the horses need a rest. We would walk for a while until we could gallop again. Yeah. And we came to this one field and we were riding in a park that just was huge expanse of big fields and long field lanes, the hedges, expansive, big space. We were out here riding all day and not needing to backtrack at all. Amazing. We hit this field and we start galloping. And my one friend that was in front, she was always in front. She had this little Appaloosa horse and he was fast as a devil. So she was running in front and she had a pair of boots on him, like the easy boot style. Oh, wow. Back then. And those... They've made a lot of advances in those boots. <laughs> they used to come off all the time, not anymore. Or worse than come off, the horses could step on them. They could stay, oh, they could yeah. catch the back of them. That's why I use Cavallo boots. Cavallo boots are amazing. They stay on. Anyway, yeah. And that's what happened here is this horse stepped on the back of his boot and he went down. <gasps> oh, no. And he's in the front. Of there's five of us racing. He's in the front. Oh. He goes down. Oh no. The horse directly behind him leaps, but leaps in a way that his rider comes off. He, oh, he like no. went about half down. Like the horse in front almost did a somersault. Oh, that's scary. The next one falls, but not all the way down, like falls to his knees and Stumbled. you know leaps back up the next stride. But that rider's off. Um, and then my horse, I was riding a little horse named Ace. I remember Ace. Yeah. He was a agile little guy. He was clever. And he just did a flying leap to the side and basically kind of half jumped over the horse that had fallen and stayed on his feet. But yeah, we ended up with um, two horses down, two riders down. But everyone was okay, right? We were laughing so hard. The riders (laughs) on the ground could barely get to their feet. The horses were fine. Again, it was the horses are up and grazing by then. I think we all had a moment of, oh God, this is really bad. Is everyone safe? Yeah. So then there's that release of. And when we when we all look back and okay, everyone's on their feet, horses and riders. Yeah. We just laughed and laughed and laughed. Do you know what though? It's like I can totally relate to that story. I literally went everywhere on two legs on a horse. And when I explain that, you'll know what I mean, or one leg, where you're going so fast, you go around the corner on the horse and they're literally on one leg. <laughs> Those ponies loved it. And I can almost feel people going, well, did they do that? Yeah. Like literally you couldn't stop them. And when I think about riding as an adult and what the horses are doing, it, it's mostly about the adult at that point, they're training or they're working on their position. And I look at a lot of the horses and I think those poor horses are miserable. Whereas our ponies got to go out in the countryside and travel just like they're designed to and bomb around and have a blast. And Every time you got on them, they didn't root to the spot and not want to go. They were like, get in the saddle, kid. We're going. Mm -hmm. You literally had two seconds to get on. You swing your leg over and that horse was gone. And they had fun. And we traveled miles and miles. I mean, I I did do that as an adult as well. I traveled across Costa Rica. but You weren't riding on that one. No, I was walking. That's even wilder. You did that whole trek 
on your own feet. Not the most sensible thing I've ever done in my life. But, you know, going back to you, the, the ponies, even with them falling and stuff, and when, you know, that's shocking. You think, oh my God, they live so in the moment. They hop back up and on, on they go. I think as adults, we overthink things so badly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, crossing Costa Rica, I mean, that was, that was insane. And that was one of those ones where I think if I'd known what I knew afterwards, would I have done it? Absolutely not. So where was a moment in that trek? And maybe just to give a little bit of background, this trek is where you crossed Costa Rica. Yeah. With coast to coast. Coast to coast with a rescue horse that you had purchased from an auction and done no work with. So the idea, part of the challenge of this trek was that you were going to do your your training, and I said that in parentheses, but your relationship building with this horse as you were walking. Yeah. So it's myself, Elsa Sinclair, and my best friend in Costa Rica, Liana. Um, One of the horses came from the auction. One came from the horrendous tourist trails that the horses were doing. Um, And yeah, we just started walking from coast to coast. It was amazing. It was, yeah, but yeah, there were parts where I just thought, what are we doing? So when was a moment that you remembered that you thought, I'm in too deep? The bridge. We crossed a bridge. I remember hearing the guide say there's a bit of a river that we need to get across. And I thought, you know, Orlando, our guide, knew exactly what he was doing. He And I trusted him by then. We were, you know, like, I don't know, five days in, week in. And it turned out we couldn't cross the river because it was, we'd have got washed away. It was a huge, huge river. I mean, Costa Ricans underestimate everything. Like it's a bit steep means you're scrabbling on your hands and knees trying to get up something. And, oh, there's a bit of a river is like, you know, the Colorado River. So we got to this bridge and I'm terrified of heights. It was a narrow footbridge that went across a giant river. It was a suspension bridge really high up and we had to go across it with the horses and it moved and it was terrifying it was absolutely terrifying those bridges move a lot and also i've always wanted to ask this on those bridges where you're walking on is typically wooden and oftentimes you can see below you know it's not like those planks are really tight up against each other this one was metal but it was like metal grid So you could really see below. Yeah. There was, I'm trying to remember, there was pieces of metal through the middle that were solid, but the edges, so there was a narrow bit in the middle that was solid and the edges were the mesh that you could see through right down. Oh, it was terrifying. But we had a lot of trust in each other then with the horses and the team. And the horses were amazing. They were absolutely amazing. And then that bridge led us into the indigenous zone, which is easily the most insane thing I've ever done with a horse. There was mud up to our thighs. And yeah, I I did question. I thought this is, I think this might be cruel. I'm not sure we should have ever done this, but now we can't go back. And what do we do? But the horses were the ones that led that conversation. I'll be really honest, because we were so out of our depth and we were so exhausted And we had fallen over so many times, but the horses didn't. 
They did not miss a beat. They didn't have one scratch on them the other side. And I'll be honest, there were times on that through the indigenous zone where I was planning in my head how I was going to put my horse to sleep if he broke his leg. That's how bad it was. But it was worse behind. Was it going to get better in front? We were, we were in it. Because in that indigenous zone, you're almost constantly, you're climbing or you're descending. Yeah. Through thick, thick rainforest in torrential rain. And there was roots and trees underneath the mud. It was, it was, it was absolutely insane and scary and probably one of the best things I've ever done in my life. I know exactly what you mean. I can do so much more than I ever thought I could do. And I think the overwhelming thing that I came out of that with, I remember sitting on the top of a hill with Elsa and we were like laughing hysterically, kind of crying, hanging on to each other, just going, we have either completely smashed our relationship with our horses or we've just cemented it forever. And it was the second because horses can do so much more than we ask them to do. We have turned horses into our version of what we want them to be. Horses were born to travel. Horses were born to traverse incredible terrain. Okay, they might have done it slower than we did because they would have been eating their way across. We awoke something in those horses that was so incredible that they would have walked for the rest of their lives till they took their last breath. And it blew my mind and it changed the way I look at horses forever. But it was equally the most insane thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> wow. That was cool. Would I do it again? No. I'd do it another, like in another place. Would I do that again? No, because I do feel that we got incredibly lucky that no one got hurt. I fell like so many times. I remember falling down this waterfall, like these rocky on this side of this riverbed and I fell and landed on my hip and I just thought, oh, that's it. I don't know how I'm going to get out of here. But like I said, the horses didn't miss a beat. They were fine. So I know many of the, the stories that you've shared in your book, Crossing Bridges. Oh, yeah. So Andrea, Andrea wrote a book about this trek and there's also a movie available because that added an extra element. You weren't only doing this track, you were filming it. So the whole time you're miked. I'm sure you said some things that you said. Bad stuff. Oh, uh-oh. I hope that's not on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> on camera. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, there could have been a whole alternative movie made. Taming Wild Pura Vida was the film, which is really Elsa. Sinclair's story. Elsa's a dear friend of mine and she wanted to film the trek. I'd had this idea about crossing Costa Rica. She came with me. It was life-changing. It was absolutely amazing. But yeah, it was a lot, a lot of fun. But you've had some serious adventures on horses as an adult as well. I mean, you did about the most crazy thing you could ever do quite recently. Yeah, 2022, I did the Mongol Derby. I mean, the longest horse race in the world. 1,000 kilometers. I did 1,270. I got turned around a few times, but mostly it was just the terrain was, was so wild that till you found your way, say, around some of the mountains or around some of the bogs or marshes, it added mileage. 
So you had to find your own way. There's no one, you're not like follow the leader. You, you had, cause you were out in the lead a lot, weren't you? But you had to follow like a GPS or something. Yeah. They gave us a GPS. I'd have been screwed. With waypoints entered. And every time that you left one, what they called horse stations, which is where you would get your horse because we switched horses. Yeah. Just could. Yeah. You're not riding the same horse a thousand kilometers. No. You're changing. We used the Mongolian horses, which was part of the experience. So we would, they would give us a waypoint when you came out of uh, one horse station. We had paper maps, but they were from the 50s. So that was a bit of a, bit of a wild guess as to if that was still <laughs> accurate. And then uh, you just take off across the step. Did you have a moment during that trek where you just thought, wow, this is the coolest thing I've ever done with a horse? Did you ever have one of those moments? I think I had that moment at least once an hour. Oh, <laughs> I love it. I love open spaces and that feeling of being, uh, you know what? I don't think I've ever had so much feeling of euphoria so many times over eight days. Basically, every time I would get on a new horse and you just take off and see that incredible landscape, I would just, I would literally be grinning ear to ear. I would be laughing hysterically. You know, sometimes where you laugh so hard, you can barely stay on the horse. I did feel like that a few times. Like, okay, I got, I got to get myself under control here or I might just fall off from laughter. I love it. So much fun. And, you know, something's just occurred to me as we're talking about these stories and telling these stories from when we were kids to doing it as an adult. I think it's fair to say that you and I do have a special way that we can, we can connect with horses. It's part of why we're successful in our professional lives is we can create a connection really quickly with a horse. And you know why? I think it's because we're up for it. We embrace life, embrace adventure, don't try and control them too much and have fun. Like that wild laughter of that exhilaration, they feel that and, and it feels exciting to them and they connect to us rather than coming into it with this, I need to control the horse, I'm training the horse. Not that I'm saying there's anything wrong with any of those things, but if you can't come at it with a really lighthearted, fun way of doing it, it's always going to be them and us. Yeah. Whereas when we're kids or when we are as childish as an adult like we are, there's a way of connecting those two souls and having fun. I wanted to just take a break in recording to tell you about my book. Crossing Bridges is about my journey coast to coast in Costa Rica with my friends and rescue horses. This was life-changing, life-affirming, and made me rethink what horses were capable of. Crossing Bridges. It's a great read. I hope you enjoy it. Yes, there was a time I almost lost that working as a professional horse trainer, yeah. you know, riding for a living, clocking in the hours. Yeah. And it was becoming too much of a job. Fixing people's horses. Yes. And that's yeah. a whole story in and of itself. But when I when I stepped away, yeah. actually even took a break from from riding for a bit. And then the Mongol Derby and the prep for the Mongol Derby and moving to Mexico as part of that prep yeah, that led me back to just those, this is why I ride to run around like a crazy person 
on happy horses. Yes. And to push the limits and to enjoy being in nature. Yes. For me, that's it. That's it. You've absolutely summed it up. And actually, it's very topical because in the Wise Riders Club, which is a, a club that I have for older riders, that is the exact message. I'm not suggesting my 80-year-old kick-ass people that are still riding go racing across and do the Mongol Derby or cross Costa Rica. But the message is it's meant to be fun. And I think we've lost it mm -hmm. somewhere along the line, the equestrian industry. It's like the fun is all ours. <laughs> it's like, where's the fun for the horse? And bringing that joy together of doing something adventurous together, whether that be just walking around your own property with your horse, something that brings you both joy, the connection is instant. I love that. Yes. So, so cool. Oh, we have so many more stories about adventure. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to talk more about the Mongol Derby because I could talk about the Mongol Derby. Yes. For days. And uh, I know you have so many more stories packed into that, that trip across Costa Rica. I think as we go through this podcast, we'll be sharing lots and lots of stories. And I have so many questions about the Derby, but I think we're out of time for today. Yeah. So for today... Ride it like you stole it. That's right. <laughs> but with a wide open heart and their heart <laughs> wide open and then you're together. It's the best feeling in the world. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to Grab Life by the Reins. If you want to see ridiculous photos from our adventures, be the first to know when we release new episodes and be a part of more shenanigans, join our email family at grablifebytherains.com. We'll see you in the next program.